Welcome back. Thanks for joining the PDFM. <laughs> now I can't remember what it means. <laughs> Are please, you serious? Please don't fire me podcast. Come on. Hey, you know what? I, I don't know what's happening. In, it must be an age thing. I'm getting never, more forgetful. I am. I, it's not, you know what? It's not forgetful. Well, that's probably true too. I mean, if you ask people around me, they'd say, yeah, you're more forgetful than you used to be. But it's not only that, but the big thing is I I feel like um, the, the thought is there, but I just am not connecting it sometimes, mm. uh, like the word that I want. I just I noticed you did that on Sunday, mid-sermon. I did, and that's, that's not the first time. It's not it's a fun been, feeling. No, it's, it's been a couple, a couple weeks ago I had a similar experience, and it's very frustrating. I don't know if it's... I'm hoping it's just a level of distraction in my life. Like maybe I've been a little more uh, distracted or I don't know. But maybe I'm not know. getting enough sleep. Do you need to see a doctor, Craig? I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I should not be giving you advice on this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't worry about it. Oh, yeah. It's all okay. good. All right. Let's not, let's not go down that road. Yeah. But uh, anyway, welcome back. I'm glad everybody's here with us. I'm Pastor Craig. Pastor Jeremy. And today we're going to talk about Halloween. Ooh. Oh, come <laughs> on. Come on. Oh, that was so lame. <laughs> well. Very clever. Yeah. Very clever. No, Sorry. no, it's all good. I'm just picking on you. Um, a, we should have had nice sound effects there. We're well, like dreaming on a budget. Right? <laughs> we're... we're no, this is more of a wing on a prayer here. Yeah, that's <laughs> actually. Can I tell a quick joke? Okay. I saw a meme this week. You now, anyways, and it said Bon Jovi must be three fourths of the way there by now. <laughs> Which I was like, oh, that's amazing that I know what they mean by that. Like, I get it. That's funny. <laughs> Just maybe think of it when you right. said living on wing, a prayer. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, wing in a prayer. Yeah. Living on a prayer. <clears throat> oh. He was halfway there back then. He must be at least three quarters now. There you go. Yeah. Well, so we're going to talk about Halloween. And I guess, I don't know, it's kind of a tried and true rant of all Christianity. Mm -hmm. Should we be doing Halloween? Right. Right. And it gets debated a lot. And people have some strong opinions. They do. And you're going to find out today exactly what you should be doing. Yes, what the truth is. Once is and for all, we're right going to settle the debate. Right end here. of yep. discussion. You're welcome. <laughs> okay, well, I'll let you do the No, I was then. hoping you were going to answer it first. <laughs> ah. Oh, my. Should Okay. okay. Um, I don't know how big picture you want to do this yet. Here's, here's my... I'll give you my stance, and then and then we can talk about why I take this stance. My stance is, it's up to you. Uh, I would classify this as an issue scripturally that falls under your personal conscience. Um, Scripture does have commands that are universal in application, and Christians don't get to pick or choose whether they obey them. It also has um, what you might call, I don't like to use the term because it gives the wrong impression, but it has gray areas. 
where you have to determine how you apply scriptural principles to a given situation that the Bible may not speak directly to. I think Halloween falls under that category. You talk, you look in the Bible, for example, and there's stuff in there for just in, I think it's 1 Corinthians 8 that talks about meat that's been sacrificed to idols mm-hmm. and whether or not a Christian should eat it. And in that section, you are given freedom to eat the meat, but there's certain conditions. Uh, there's certain reasons, let's say, as to why maybe you would choose to abstain. And so some Christians on that issue, from a biblically faithful perspective, are going to differ. I eat meat. Others are going to say, I don't. Meat that's been sacrificed to idols. And there's actually freedom for a Christian to act according to their conscience on that issue. The Bible defends it. I'm What I'm arguing is Halloween falls into a category like that, uh, that we should pray about it. We should consider some different scriptural principles about things like this. And then it's up to each individual Christian to make a decision for themselves. That would be my big picture analysis. Um, it's an issue of Christian freedom. What say you? Well, I, <clears throat> I could say I agree and we can... Wrap Stop record. There you go. go. Thanks for <laughs> go your time on. this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It also the, another reference to that ideas in Romans uh, fourteen. Is it chapter fourteen? I, I think so. It, it goes through a long. Paul Paul talks all about how there's some weaker brothers and stronger, and you know we've got to be careful uh, what we do around them. But at the same time, there are matters of conscience out there. Mm-hmm. that we need to make a determination. And one of the things we could talk about is how we make that determination mm-hmm. for ourselves um, if it is a matter of conscience. So, But the other thing that I would say is, yeah, I, I think that I, I look at it on two levels. I look at it from the perspective of uh, Halloween and <clears throat> what it literally stands for. And I do not agree. Mm -hmm. And then I look at it from the standpoint of Halloween and what does our society see it as. Right. And that is where the gray area is, if you will. That's that's where the it's a, a suggestion, I guess. I mean, Halloween has a long and complicated history, like the origin of the event, right. let's say. Um, it's been a while since I researched all that stuff. Um, I know it goes back basically almost 2000 years. Like it goes back a long, long ways and it has some pagan connections about things like certain nights when the spirits of the dead would rise and wander and you wore a mask to scare them off and things like that. And then there was a connection that the Catholic church had made of honoring saints um, you know, like it, it's kind of a complicated and convoluted mishmash of kind of like Christmas. I was going to say it's the no same way. Than Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like the origin of Christmas <laughs> has morphed and changed so many times over so many years. Yeah. It doesn't even border. It doesn't even resemble at all what it was intended to be about. Mm-hmm. So now we celebrate Christmas with trees and Santa and all this stuff, and it's got like nothing to do with the baby in the manger. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think of Halloween the same way. That I agree, the origins of it are pretty demonic. 
a lot of it anyways. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's very uh, spiritual um, and in a concerning kind of way, not in a Holy Spirit kind of way, but in right. a, this is not a good situation. <laughs> not a good spirit. <laughs> I, just, I just feel like that is so far in the rearview mirror for most of us that it is almost meaningless. Right. There are probably a handful of people in our modern day who still hold to some sort of original ties of Halloween. For example, uh, my wife went to school, uh, college at Sioux college with someone who was a Wiccan witch self-professed and she considered Halloween to be a significant day in her, one of their high holy days. Yeah. And she took it very seriously from Mm -hmm. that perspective. I'm what I'm saying is, Almost nobody else does. Like very few other people take it that way. Mm-hmm. It's become let's dress up, eat candy, and have fun. Uh, which is why I do think that there's some validity to being open-minded about participating in it. Mm-hmm. Um, my kids participate in Halloween. Probably the biggest reason that they do is because I grew up participating in Halloween. Uh, so it was normal for me as a kid. I never thought anything demonic about it. Um, the only really rules that we had is there were certain costumes we weren't allowed to have. Can't uh, have the skeleton. Can't uh, do it. The skeleton one? Yeah. I never no. even tried. Oh. <laughs> well, I, like we were not allowed to dress up as the devil. Okay. Um, and yeah. I never asked, at least not to my recollection. I wanted to dress up like wrestlers. That's what I wanted to do. I was the ultimate warrior for <laughs> Halloween one year. That yes. was the best costume ever. Yes. You know, I got to paint my face the crazy thing and <laughs> the, wear the armbands around my arms and go out and ask for candy it was great fun like it was just innocent fun i've always wondered who watches wrestling but uh, oh i grew up <laughs> watching wrestling i loved it i loved it when i was a kid so that's and then cool. yeah well i got stories about that but i'll save them for another day yeah that that's kind of the that's kind of the meaning behind so what's interesting is is that in christianity though what we do is um, we we crush this thing. Like I, I'm saying, fundamentally, uh, people uh, every year you hear stories about why Christians shouldn't be involved in Halloween. And, it's a celebration and, of the occult. And yes, like and, that. and then and then all the proof and all the information comes out and. And we've got to sift through it. We've got to be exposed to it once again and told why, you know, we're such dire people that we would celebrate a, a, a holiday that, that is in opposition to Christianity and, right. and all those things. <clears throat> and yet, Paul's warning, the two passages that we talked about, were specifically about it's something that if it's a matter of conscience and you practice it or don't practice it, it's, you know, what are you going to do? Are you going to point out to the person, hey, that was sacrificed to idols? Just leave it. Right. You know, just let go and uh, allow people to be blissfully ignorant, which mind, is a strange approach. I mean, he doesn't exactly say it this way, but it's like, mind your own business. <laughs> right. Like, if, if you feel personally convicted that Halloween is a celebration of the occult or there's something demonic about it, right. then don't participate and you should follow your conscience. So if somebody feels differently and they do participate, leave them alone yep. because they're following their conscience before God. 
So what I want to talk about Mm -hmm. is why do we feel compelled to do that? Oh, I got my theories. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I would start. Let's start with one of yours. (laughs) I would start with this because we are, uh, how do I phrase it exactly? We are strangely and unhealthily intrigued by the demonic. Mm. I'm talking about Christians. Right. Not just the world. The world has its own version of this with, you know, ghost movies and all that kind of, you know, Ouija boards or whatever. What I'm saying is that Christians are very superstitious. Mm. A lot of them are. Right. Um, yes. And yes. I, I didn't really see this too much with my parents personally, but growing up, I did see a lot of the other, let's say, families around me that I knew uh, who we're very superstitious about things from a Christian perspective. Um, it was like, for example, the the idea of Halloween. It's like, well, don't you realize that Satan is extra active on Halloween? It's wow. like the other nights yes. of the year, he's, yeah, you know, he may be a little bit up to something kind of sneaky. and But then Halloween, Satan just roams the earth. And That's the big one. Infuses, yep. you know, you become demon-possessed or something. <laughs> and it's like... Is that really? They don't say it that way, but that's right. the implied message. Right, is Satan is extra dangerous. Right, on Halloween, and if you open yourself up to that demonic influence, he's going to come in and take a foothold in your life. And that's probably the most important part: is the by participating in it, you're opening yourself up. Right, and now Satan, what has uh, permission? I guess to. Right. You affect your mind or whatever. And I mean, to be fair, like, I, I don't think that's something to be played with. So, right. for example, I remember being young and I remember the first time I ever saw someone using a Ouija board. And I was pretty freaked out by it. And I was like, that is something that I know I'm not supposed mm. to use. Mm-hmm. And it is opening myself up to, like, potentially some kind of demonic thing to happen. Mm-hmm. I actually still feel that way personally. I still feel like I would never use a Ouija board. I would never let my kids use a Ouija board. I would never tell a Christian it's okay to use a Ouija board. Uh, Not because necessarily a physical game board is somehow demonically possessed or something like that. Okay, so... But what you're doing, right? The whole premise of a Ouija board is you're communicating with the spirit world. It's like, well, I believe in that. Um, but then you can, you can take that, I think, and you can, well, okay. Did the Catholic church put us here? The Catholic church really has done a lot to put power in symbols. Mm -hmm. So it's like when somebody has a demon, you hold out a crucifix in front of you Mm -hmm. and somehow that crucifix is going to help you cast out a spirit. Right. Is that really true? It seems kind of superstitious because there's no power in a crucifix. Like the object. Mm -hmm. There's power in Christ. Mm -hmm. Like I believe in the spiritual power and authority of an unseen God. Right. But I don't believe that there's anything special or unique about certain objects. Either for um, good spirits, let's say, or for evil spirits. I'm talking too much. I don't don't necessarily... I'm not saying this... I want to caution everybody. I'm not saying this because I believe Ouija boards are okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. But how many Christians would say, I don't go anywhere near a Ouija board. I would never 
I would never be involved in that. I would never take part in that. But at the same time, they would say, but knock on wood. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. I, that's a superstition. That's a superstition. It's it's putting power in an object. Mm-hmm. And is there is there power when a group of people get together and play with a Ouija board? I think there's some validity to that claim or that idea. Sure. Uh, on the other hand, does that power, am I, am I um, subject to that power just by virtue of being there? Mm. And can that power have influence over me and if I don't let it? Right. So in other words, this is, for me, this is the problem is that we allow things, we act as if we have no power or authority on our own. And when I say that, what I mean is in Christ, mm-hmm. we act like we're going to be, uh, you know, we're going to be destroyed by, by something um, out of our control. It's out of our hands, um, you know, and again, I don't. I wouldn't advocate for people to put themselves in harm's way in the spirit realm or in any other realm. Mm-hmm. But the idea, what it does, it solidifies in our mind this idea that we could somehow, outside of our own will or desire, be captivated by this and not have and, and be helpless. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Right. We have the power in Jesus Christ to take captive every imagination. And he lives in you. Exactly. Right? The power of Christ is in us if we are believers. Yeah, we have this strange fixation that we ascribe to objects, certain powers and authorities. Yes. And, I mean, the, the opposite side of ascribing to something an evil power is ascribing to it the power of God. Mm-hmm. Another example that I've seen is oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, anointing yes. oil. Now, Scripture prescribes the anointing of the sick with oil in the book of James, for example. Yep. Therefore, I obey that, and I don't feel superstitious about it. I feel like that's a very literal command, um, and it's an it's an act of obedience to Scripture. But you can take that too far, um, where people feel the need to anoint everything in their house right. with oil. Otherwise, right. there may be a demonic spirit attached to it, right. and it's going to come into my home. I'm inviting Satan right into my home I have on, because I didn't sanctify it before it came in the door type of thing. Yeah, there, there have been many occasions where people have asked me, and I'm not, if you're listening and you've asked me to do this and I've done it or haven't done it, I don't know, either one, um, I'm, not say, I'm not advocating that it's right or wrong again. Uh, I do it. I do this for the sake of the person that's there to give them peace or comfort. But I've, I've been asked many times to go to somebody's home and bless it, mm-hmm. and to go there. Like and, someone bought a new house. Yeah, or somebody like buys that. a new house, or or occasionally, I think I've even had a case before where there's a lot of weird things happening and mm-hmm. they're struggling with a lot of different things all at once. They feel. Like, you know, everything's hitting them at once. And so they want me to, you know, come and pray. And and, and that's the way I look at it. From my perspective, mm-hmm. I pray with them about their circumstances. I pray with them about their new home. 
uh, I pray a blessing over how they might use their new home. Uh, I'm not there to cast out demons. Mm. I, I just, I think that... Um, As if there's something evil attached to the wood yes, and brick. Yes, that's that's my concern. Yeah. My concern is, you know, and sometimes people feel that way. I, they feel like like somebody died in this home, so therefore we've got to... You know, mm. we've got to we we've got to overcome this with with a counteractive measure of prayer or right. or holy water or or oil or you know all these different things that I feel like are objects that we attach power to, we give power to, and the same thing would be true of just like you said, brick and wood, like somehow they possess power. Um, I think that's really that's highly superstitious, and I I think that we're barking up the wrong tree. Although to be fair, that is not to deny the unseen realm. No, no right? Like no. There, there's always this. It was C.S. Lewis, I believe, who who framed it. So I don't remember exactly how he said it, but he basically talks about there's two equal and opposite errors people have when it comes to understanding mm. demons and Satan. One is to be unhealthily obsessed and intrigued by them and the other is to deny they exist and we want to avoid both those errors recognize satan and demons are according to scripture real mm-hmm. they have real influence and power in our world right and so we are not denying and I believe that yes mm-hmm. and as do i i'm not denying that in any way but you can take it too far to where everything that happens well there's a satan there's a satanic spirit behind this uh, you know, there's. We need to cast something out. We need to anoint. We need to do something like that. And that I feel like that kind of mentality is attached to Halloween, and it had maybe some validity from the origins of the of the holiday, let's say, or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and because it was pretty expressly connected to spirits and stuff like that. I just feel like we have drifted so far away from that. It's 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 become borderline irrelevant. Mm-hmm. At least that's how my take is on on thinking of Halloween and in those connections. Right. And similarly, I would say that we've drifted a long ways away from it. It's um, generally acceptable. Uh, most people, whether they're Christians or not, do not recognize some kind of spiritual power at work. Um, that doesn't mean that it isn't there. Sure. And I'm not saying that, uh, that that's the case. What I'm saying is it isn't going to sneak up on you folks. Mm. It isn't like it's, it's not going to take, take over your life. Um, it's something that you're going to have to be complicit in. You're going to have to desire that and pursue that. Now, could it give you an appetite for it? Could you, could it cause you to, be more aware and then pursue and try to understand and all those things. Well, now that's where you get into trouble. Right. You know, same thing with your home. If you're in your home and you feel like there's a demonic presence, uh, let me tell you something. The pastor has no more power to pray over it than you do. I was thinking the same thing. And that's where you need to be praying. You have Christ in you. Exactly. And if you pray and invoke the help of Christ. Exactly. That's no more magically powerful or less magically powerful than if you or I were there to do it ourselves. Yeah. And that, and that captures what I was getting Mm -hmm. at, you know, not that there's the possibility that there's some kind of spiritual influence that is coming from Satan's realm. 
that's all right. very possible. It's just, you know, you have to decide. It, even if it does exist, you have to decide on whether or not you're going to pursue that and allow that to influence your mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's not you're not going to wake up in the middle of the night and be a zombie for Satan. Just accidentally, right? Yeah. I mean, I there, there's a whole wing of Christian theology on spiritual warfare. Right. And it is easily one of the most confusing and there is less consensus on how spiritual warfare operates. Uh, There's less consensus on that theological issue than there is on many theological issues. Christians have a very wide and diverse understanding of what we call spiritual warfare. And that's really referencing how does the unseen spiritual world interact and influence with the physical world? And especially knowing that there are angels, otherwise known as, let's say, uh, holy or uh, godly spirit beings. And then there are uh, demons, which are evil spirit beings. And they're at war with each other and they're at war with us. And we're caught in this battle, this cosmic battle that we can't even see, but we still participate in. To be fair, it is kind of an interesting and complex issue. Mm -hmm. Uh, But you can get really sucked into it, right? Where that becomes an obsession. Mm -hmm. And then you can get out of balance, it's important to remember that not only is Satan and demons, and let's say God and his holy angels at work in the world, there's a lot of other things going on that are explained by much more boring uh, explanations. Yes. Like, you're a sinner. Right. Maybe that's why your life is is struggling. Mm -hmm. It's got nothing to do with you're under a satanic attack but you've tanked your own life through sinful, stupid choices. Yes. That's another thing. Well, and that, that, would, that would be one of my reasons why I think people want to hate on Halloween, why Christians want to hate on Halloween, is because they want an excuse. Mm. <laughs> Deep down inside, they want an excuse for their sin. They, 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 you know, they, that's, why, that's why we make such a big deal out of Satan. It's really, you know... It's like, uh, who was the comedian, Flip Wilson or somebody, this was a long time ago, used to say, the devil made me do it. He had a whole oh, okay. shtick on that, yeah. you know, the devil made me do it. And it's and and everybody laughs, you know, because, yeah, okay, the devil made me do it. It's like, whatever I don't want to take responsibility for, the devil made me do it. I see. And you know what? At the end of the day, we make choices. We mm-hmm. make choices whether we're going to follow the devil we're going to follow Christ. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes even as believers, we get caught up in that. It's important to keep in mind that Satan has a number of uh, tools in his tool bag yeah. when it comes to how to try and destroy our lives and the world and all that God is doing. One of them is through supernatural means. Mm-hmm. I believe that is true. I don't think that that is his go-to resource. No. Especially in the culture and that in the culture in which we live here. I mean, I don't know how to make sense of this because certainly there are, you hear stories, especially from like missionaries that go to mm-hmm. tribal communities and things like that, where the spiritual realm is a major part of their entire culture. Mm-hmm. And I've never been there. Like I just haven't been on the front lines of the mission field where I hear stories of some of this kind of stuff happening with, with what seems like is more frequency. I don't know how to slice between all of that and figure out what is exaggerated, what is true, what is a cultural phenomenon, what is a spiritual phenomenon. 
I really have no idea, but I do know this for sure. Satan uses a lot of other means besides supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, the Bible calls him a liar and a deceiver. Satan does a whole lot of destruction <laughs> just through getting you to believe something that's not true. Right. That is demonic, yep. right? Yep. Lies are demonic. We freak out because our kids might dress up for Halloween and go out and somehow accidentally participate in the occult, but we don't freak out about what kind of worldview they're being taught in school mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be. My point is there are a thousand subtle ways Satan sneaks into our lives and tries to influence us for harm that have nothing to do with ghosts and goblins. He would love for us to be focused on Halloween and not worry about what they're being taught in health class. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or what they're watching on Netflix. Right. Or that friend who's leading them down a wrong path. Or the fact that you, as a parent, have an anger issue or whatever. Satan's doing destructive things through all kinds of very ordinary means. Very, very true. And it's got nothing to do, well, I shouldn't say nothing, but right. often has nothing to do with all the flash and the spinning heads and all that kind of <laughs> stuff, right? That that the movies like to amp up. Yes, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when I, you know, when you think of it, even in a in a cultural sense, it's interesting because, you know, you could live in a culture someplace in this world where these demonic things that are taking place are just so real to the people there, they're not even going to play with Halloween. Like, it would be culturally taboo mm-hmm. as uh, the culture as a whole, not Christian culture, but the culture as a whole taboo to be involved in in these kinds of things so then to be involved in it would be a bad thing but the same thing is true if if you're trying to be that one person that's i guess in some ways setting yourself up for persecution being the neighbor on the block that won't participate at all Mm. that hands out uh bible tracts and preaches to everybody as they walk down the sidewalk or whatever it is that you've determined to do. And I'm not saying that that's, I don't know what's wrong or right. That's, that's a conviction you need to right, hold it's yourself. A, well, that's, it's that's a, the whole point. Right. But, but I'm just saying you can be uh, just as much of an outcast in your culture as you could be in that other culture where it's taboo to be engaged in it. So mm. uh, anyway, uh, my point is, I guess, or, or where I want to go with that, is just the idea of of how you know how can we use it what satan means for for evil and use it for good so what kind of things can we do for our neighbors on halloween that are going to be a positive influence you you got to hand out the biggest candy bars is that <laughs> it that's the key okay. all right I, somebody just said that to me yeah. like this week or last week i can't remember well, I know who it is, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to say their name because I don't know if they want me to. Uh-huh. But they said, you know, like in their neighborhood, they give out the full sizers, the big ones, and All they right. become the the most popular stop in the neighborhood. All right. All the kids love going there because yeah. they get the good stuff. Yeah. I'm like, that's not a bad reputation to have as uh-huh. a as a believer in the community. Yeah. You know, we're generous givers. Yes. We're going to let these kids have a good time. Yeah. They came here for candy. We're not going to disappoint. That's awesome. I like that. So, I mean- there's all kinds and of different ways. If you wrap ways. it in a Bible track, so much the better. Well, then you get, you know, front <laughs> you get you get a straight ticket to heaven. That's right. I'm right? sure you will. Yes, yes, you get the VIP pass when you <laughs> the go to the pearly seat. gates. 
Yes. We'll see. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. I shouldn't tease. I don't know what the point is. Right. There is so much more freedom yeah. in the Christian faith than sometimes we appreciate. Yes. This is an area I'm pretty, pretty darn convinced it mm-hmm. falls under that category of Christian freedom. Mm-hmm. You can do what you need to do according to your own conscience. And we need to not judge each other for that. It is bef- like like you mentioned that passage in Romans. It's before their own master that we each stand or fall. Right. It is up to God to judge whether or not we've disobeyed so, the conscience he's given us. So how do we make that decision, that decision of conscience? How are we expected to make that decision? If we don't have the Bible telling us, yes, you do Halloween, no, you don't do Halloween, how do we make that decision? Well, come on. The Sunday school answer is you got to pray about it. Okay. There you right. go. There's your answer. No, oh, well, <laughs> you do need to pray about it. You do. I just think sure. apply basic wisdom. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, let's start here. If you're married and you have kids, okay? Mm-hmm. Let's just say that that's the scenario I'm in, right? I've got kids that are aged for going out trick-or-treating. Um, one of the good places to start is for my wife and I to ask each other about what our own personal experiences of Halloween were like and how we feel about them. Mm-hmm. Both of us were raised going out trick-or-treating and we both feel comfortable letting our kids do that. We, we don't have any real reservations, spiritually speaking, about that. That's an easy one. Mm-hmm. It would be different scenario, let's say, if I went out trick-or-treating as a kid and she didn't. And we came into our marriage with conflicting ideas of how we should handle Halloween. Right. Let's say I think, listen, hun, there's nothing wrong with it. They're just having some innocent fun. And she says, no, this is something Christians shouldn't participate in. This is demonic. This is encouraging that kind of behavior, that kind of stuff. This is glorifying death or something to that effect. Mm-hmm. Who's right? Who's wrong? We both Nobody. are. Nobody. Right. right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then it becomes a more, okay, um, I would say, in my opinion, if I were to give a, a, a what you should do in a scenario like that, the person who wants their kids to go out for Halloween should probably relent. Mm-hmm. And I would base that on the passages we've talked about where yep. the stronger in faith gives up their personal freedoms to help the conscience of the person who's got weaker faith. Now, that sounds offensive, calling them strong and weak faith. But that's the language of Scripture. That's exactly what it says in Romans 14. Right. Now, I mean, just go back to the original analogy I gave, 1 Corinthians 8, about meat sacrificed to idols. Mm -hmm. I mean, just think about that for a second. Imagine somebody came up to you and they're like, yo, that steak you're eating, didn't Mm -hmm. you see that they they slaughtered that on the altar to Baal and prayed that this meat would go up as an offering to him? You're going to eat that hamburger? A Christian, a Christian can say to that, yeah, yeah, it's fine. I'm going to eat this hamburger, mm-hmm. and it's going to be good. Right. <laughs> like, you can say that, and according to Scripture, you're not doing anything wrong. That's actually way more controversial than it sounds at first. Like, that sounds like, how could you even go near that thing? You know what I mean? That thing is, like, it's sacrificed to a demon god. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, but that's not where my heart is. And it was To cheaper. me, it's a hamburger. Yeah, exactly, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's just a hamburger. Um, so that is that kind of faith to know that I say that in jest, but that okay. was kind of I think part of the part of the issue with with meat sacrificed to idols. 
It was cheaper? It was cheaper. Oh, okay. It was like it had already been, it was, they were raising money for the temple or whatever, and so they sacrificed it, and then the leftover meat that they didn't use in the sacrifice, they would sell it. Oh, I see and what And it you would mean. be cheaper than going to the market and just one that was just slaughtered for, that was all pure or, or kosher, oh, I'm not. Will. I'm not sure so, I knew that, actually. But anyway. Interesting. Well, okay. I wasn't there. I don't know. Oh, you're guessing. I'm, I I'm, thought you read this in that, a commentary. Oh, or I did. Oh, I okay. did. Well, but I'm, I'm just saying hmm. that's interesting. That's the, uh, that's the position that's held by mm. that. But anyway, uh, not that we should do everything just for financial means. But well, um, no, of course not. But but that was the motivation. That was that was why some that's people why would, would and some people oh. wouldn't. And the people that would were actually considered the the people the people that would were actually considered to have been taking more freedom and and right. ultimately the people that wouldn't were considered to be the ones of a weaker faith their faith right. was being more influenced by those circumstances than the ones that would mm. I see what you mean interesting I I mean I think that I think the the parallel is is pretty applicable to Halloween right because I think that there's no scriptural basis to point to that says expressly that you should not participate in Halloween, given what it is now, right? Um, we're not sending our kids out to go roam the streets with the dead. Nobody does that. Right. Like, that's not the purpose of it. No. Um, it may have been at one point. I don't know. I But it's not anymore. And What about talking to your kids about it? Um. Hmm. Well, I haven't really talked too much to my kids about it. Mm-hmm. That's just my my gut response is mm-hmm. starting at home. Not um, necessarily. Not necessary. It doesn't feel necessary to no. me. But then again, my kids are still they're right. they're aging, so I'm not right. sure how far into that discussion we need to be at this point. I think it. The great thing about it is it always gave me plenty of opportunities to address the different things. Not necessarily, it wasn't like, let's sit down and have our talk about Halloween because it's, you know, October 20th or whatever. Yeah. It's, uh, it was more an issue of these things would come up. So-and-so's dressed like that. Why can't I dress that way? Mm. Well, why do you want to? Mm. You know, there's just great opportunities to teach through that. And a lot of times when we insulate and try and inoculate our children from culture as a whole, we lose out on opportunities to address the issues that cultural culture is wrestling with. Right. And uh, so, you know, it's not all there's there's some redeemable qualities even to the things that it represents sometimes. Mm. And I I think another thing I'm just going to go on here, but. Another thing that uh, comes to my mind is just this this idea of, you know, matters of conscience. That means that God's spirit is having influence on our lives. And so, yes, the Sunday school answer is pray about it. The uh, What that means, or to flesh that out a little bit more, is that we're going to ask God. Mm-hmm. God, speak to me. Tell me. Convict me. Use this to show me something. Right. Um, we're in this relationship with God. And yes, his word gives us a whole bunch of stuff to follow and 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 how to make choices about 
different things and how to think about different things. All those things are true, but there's always a time for us to be asking God. There, we, we should be asking him, we should be reading his word, and we should be listening to his spirit Absolutely. and allowing him to influence the decisions that we make. I think we undervalue our consciences we as, as a way God yes. speaks to us. We rely way too, well, I shouldn't say way too, but we rely too heavily, though. We do rely too heavily on absolute truth. And what I mean by that is, is that absolute truth is absolute. I'm not saying that it isn't. I'm just saying we don't spend any time listening to God. Mm-hmm. Because there can be things, influences in our lives. I think of our children, for instance. You may have a child that is unduly fixated on some of those ideas mm-hmm. that are that are in Halloween and they're just really enamored with those things and that may be good to recognize that early on and make that Halloween uh, uh, that that make Halloween be insignificant mm-hmm. in your lives or your practice right and then you may have no problem whatsoever with you know your kids dressing up like uh, a Mario figure or something you know yeah you, I wonder why <laughs> you use that choice <laughs> yeah. well and that's why I never felt the need to really talk too much to my kids about it um, for them it's plus it's it's a dress up yeah it's play um, they just mm-hmm. want to dr- they've never asked to dress as something that I thought was questionable or inappropriate mm-hmm. um, we you know they just are excited to get candy. That's really what... In fact, okay, there are issues that I have with Halloween that are way more pertinent to me yeah. than the spiritual side of things, yeah. such as that's a lot of freaking sugar. <laughs> like, how candy. about we start with that? <laughs> Yikes. How about this? We tell our kids 364 days of the year, yeah. don't take candy from strangers. Right. And yeah. then on one night, we're like, oh, we're totally breaking that rule completely. Take candy from all the strangers you can find. It's just weird. Like, there are weird things that we do yes. with Halloween that maybe are even more concerning to me than, uh, you know, like opening yourself up to Satan or something to that effect. Um, uh, I don't know. Yeah. It, it's funny, eh, the things that we do and the ways that we think. So one last question. All right. What is, what? I, I don't even know. I haven't been following it at all. What's the COVID standard for Halloween this year? What What's the... What's the policy that's in place? I well, don't even know. Well, the Algoma Public Health actually just put out a statement like a few days ago okay. about it. Um, so in our community anyways, I'll, the season's open for trick-or-treating. Okay. So you can go okay. door-to-door and do that whole thing. They still are advising that if you do any kind of family gatherings or parties or things like that, you're supposed to stay under 10 because it's a social gathering. Okay. They also had said different suggestions about how to distribute candy. You should probably uh, wear gloves, try not to let the kids rummage through a bowl, mm-hmm. you know, uh, mm-hmm. different just control mechanisms like that. In fact, they even had a printout that you could put on your house to show that you are participating this year, mm. which I w- thought was uh interesting but kind of weird because i thought we all kind of already knew that the porch light thing was Mm -hmm. kind of our go-to standard for that but evidently 
whatever it's fine maybe it's, maybe, it, maybe it states that you're participating safely or something. yeah actually yeah. i didn't even look at the poster yeah, so that's true it, it might be more along those lines i've read the guidelines and we're doing it that way that's probably true um so yeah it sounds like there might be some kind of trick-or-treating okay. this year cool. and however i know some families who've said to me hey, you know they're probably not going out right um mm-hmm. and it that's like their own um Sure. Their own choice to do that, right? Yeah. Yeah. So to each their own. Yeah. And I'm cool with it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah, all it's good. It's good. You, okay. Okay. So, yeah. How about before we, mm-hmm. how far are we, uh, how far oh, are we into this thing? We're about 44 minutes. All right. Before we wrap up, you got any uh, interesting Halloween stories from your past when oh, you were right. a kid? You got any uh, favorite costumes or, uh, funny story that happened on a halloween night anything like that oh man i don't even want to go there i this, this all i can remember yeah <laughs> I, all i can remember are the are the things i did when i was in high school which were you know awful like one we had where i grew up so this is this is a terrible story oh boy don't don't do this kids tune the tune out right now but uh when i Parental when i discretion yeah, advised when i where i grew up we lived in a town where uh, a lot of um, fruit farmers, and there was a canning factory downtown. Now, fruit farmers always ship all their fruit in these big 20-bushel boxes. They're wooden boxes, wooden crates, or huge crates. And they stack them up, and they nest them all up, and they go, you know, sometimes two, 20, almost 30 feet sometimes, they'll have them stacked oh, wow. up outside the canning factory because – they're all labeled with the different farmers and they come along and they take them back to their farm sometime eventually in the winter time. Okay. And uh, so they're all stacked up alongside the road. Now, I don't know if you can see where this is going, but it makes a tremendous fortress. Yeah. If you get, you know, a couple dozen eggs and you launch those things off from the top of that stack oh, onto the man. cars that are passing by <laughs> or trick-or-treaters that are walking down the street. So you were the... <laughs> You were the egg throwers. Well, I did that one. That was one I was on the receiving end of the egg. Oh, were you? Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry. See? It was awful. People like you (laughs) trying to ruin Halloween for people like me. I know, right? (laughs) Yikes. I know. That wasn't. That wasn't uh, very. When you were younger, what Mm -hmm. what was your favorite costume? Best costume you ever did? Oh, best costume. There must be some good ones. I think I was a garbage bag one time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Just rip some holes in it and yep. just slide just, right in. Yeah, stuck my legs. The real out, question is, out. did you tie the knot over top of your head? No, I did. That <laughs> would have been still here. Next so, level. No, <laughs> <laughs> just little eye <laughs> right. slots to poke out. That would have been good. Ah, uh, food for thought. Interesting. How about you? Uh, Come on, you just the only reason you asked me that question is because you want to share your clever costume. Yeah. So go I ahead. I did have one yeah. costume that was really good. It was a homemade Edward Scissorhands costume. No way. Yeah, I did that in high school. I think I was grade 10. So you were doing productive, creative, artistic things, and I was doing the furious. You were throwing eggs. uh, Yeah. 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 I actually won the the costume contest that year at school. It was all homemade. Everything was homemade. So I made out of like uh, this corrugated plastic. I cut out these scissor shapes and painted them all silvery and shiny and had them taped to my gloves. Then I wore like black pants with like a black turtleneck so shirt. So folks, here's the here's the go. lesson. I have okay. the picture online somewhere. He's watching movies and participating in Halloween. Yeah, there you go. Edward Scissorhands. 
That's right. Is that a dark movie? Yeah, uh, it's, he's it's he's nice. a nice guy. Yeah, I he's don't know. nice. <laughs> he gets bullied. Yeah, <laughs> well, but he must be a nice guy. That was, and the best part <laughs> about that is, at that time in my life, I had nice long hair. I don't know if you've ever Ooh. seen the pictures. This is true. No I had hair kidding. that was, yeah, about to the bottom of my ears. Wow. In high school. And so I got like this sweet product. It was the best thing ever. It was like spray a spray can of hair dye that was also mixed with like a gel type of thing. So you could style your hair and spray paint it, basically paint it huh. black. And so I did that and took this big mat of hair and just poofed it up like five, six inches on my head. It was amazing. And my mom hated it because I got <laughs> the residue of that thing all over the bathroom. You like put your finger along the wall and your fingertip was solid black because wow. that stuff sprayed all over the bathroom. Oh, oh she was mad about that. <laughs> but it was all worth it. I'm sorry, mom, but it was worth it. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway. we uh, we better wrap this up, but. It's been fun talking about it. I don't know. I don't know. Like I said in the beginning, you're not going to get your answer. Uh, it's not going to be a satisfactory one. But the most important thing is to just remember that, you know what? God is is watching over us to be fretting about you know, whether or not we're going to be influenced or uh, taken over or, you know, overly concerned about those things. Um, I think what we need to do is we need to put our faith and our trust in him. He's going to carry us through. He's going to watch over us and care for us. We need to genuinely seek him every day mm. and uh, recognize that, that these things, this is happening 365 days a year, not just one day yep. of year. And, uh, and he is capable of taking care of us through that one day or the other 364. So hopefully you have a great Halloween and, um, no matter how you choose to celebrate it. Right. And, uh, uh, as well, we just pray for God's blessing in your life and, uh, and hope to see you again next week. Bye for now.